0: and you can try it out for free. Just go to truestfancoaching.com forward slash free dash access and sign up. That's truestfancoaching.com forward slash free dash access. I hope to see you there. Actions speak louder than words. That's advice that Brian Carranza, my guest today, received from his dad. And it's advice that I can tell you I've seen him take and implement because Brian takes massive action and gets wonderful results in building his team and serving his clients and growing his business. So I want you to listen carefully today as Brian talks about taking action but also talks about the fact that sometimes success is found in alone time, the time that you take to really think about what you're doing. Think about those actions that you wanna take. Enjoy. You're listening
1: to the Truest Fan Podcast, and now here's your host, Rob Brown.
0: Awesome. Welcome to the Truest Fan Podcast. Rob Brown here, and I am. Excited today um, because I have with us um, one of my awesome clients, and we're doing a ton of great work together. And I I just can't wait for him to share some of the things that he is doing and why he's doing it uh, with you during the podcast today. Because I think uh, whether you're a financial advisor or a business leader, just somebody who wants to really learn even more how to live authentically and get stuff done, you're going to want to hear from Brian Caranta. So let me introduce you to Brian Caranta, a secure Money Advisors in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Brian, welcome to the show. Rob, I'm happy to be with you. Thanks so much. I feel honored to be here with you. Yeah, well, it's just great to be here. So um, I love to start out the show by asking, who's your favorite baseball team? Because (laughs) that's just kind of the part of my little truest fan uh, thing. Well, you know, I, I, you know, it's so interesting because I've got to sit at
1: baseball games with you and you know, I don't think, right. I don't think, I don't think you know who my favorite team is, but you know, I, I believe it or not growing up in New Jersey, you know, I grew up as a Yankees fan. And the reason I did is because my grandparents always had the Yankees games on and um, you could never get away from it in New Jersey. And the problem with growing up in New Jersey is you had the Mets or the Yankees, but you know, for my family, it was always the Yankees. And of course, you know, as I got older, my parents were taking care of my grandmother. And every time I would come home from college, there would be grandma in front of the TV with the Yankees game on all day, even if it was a double header, she'd have it on all day long. So, uh, so the Yankees definitely are my favorite baseball team. Oh, cool. Oh, actually, not cool. I hate the Yankees, but um, you're not supposed to say that. I don't, yeah, I, I knew don't you think. were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Being in Pittsburgh now, you know, it's like, you know, you know, what do I got? The Pirates? I mean, come on. That's a, that's a tough team to root for, too. But then again, you know, a lifelong Cleveland fan like yourself, you know how challenging it can be sometimes.
0: It, not sometimes a lot of the time but yeah <laughs> uh, um, but no I I, I, I actually um, that's one of the reasons that I think the truest fan idea kind of came out of being a, a fan of the Indians is it's a it's a lifelong thing it was something that I was you know quote unquote born into so when I meet fans who have been the fan even of the Yankees because that's what they were exposed to as a kid I think that's cool because I love the way that that sticks with you. And I think that impacts the way that you think about people and relationships.
1: Well, you know, I got that. I got an opportunity to read The Truest Fan when Kate was giving birth to our second son, Brayden. And, you know, the story that you write about in The Truest Fan, you know, there were so many lessons that I learned along the way, but you do such a good job in the book really transporting the, the, the reader into the stadium with you at times, you know? And because I sat in the stadium with you, I could almost see some of the characters sitting next. To you because you know, so the way you describe them, you see those people at the baseball games.
0: <laughs> well, and the truth is, if you sit at a baseball game in Cleveland, there are lots of characters, they may not come from the right, book, yeah, but there are lots of lots of characters, yes. but uh, <laughs> yeah, I i I, for, I almost forgot that we got the chance to uh to watch some baseball together. We'll have to do it again. So, um, so let's dig in. So I love to find out what advice my guests have gotten in life, maybe from a relative or a friend or a mentor that just kind of sticks around and and maybe gets applied to a lot of things that you do. Is there one kind of nugget of advice that you keep with you all the time? Well, starting with my dad,
1: it was always your actions will speak louder than your words. So put your head down and work hard and, and, and let the results speak for themselves. But one of the other really great pieces of advice I got was from a mentor, very early on as I entered the financial industry and he, he really was a guy that was very pivotal in changing my life and in, and really showing me the proper way to go about you know building out a financial practice and he always would tell me Brian there's two things that are going to make a difference in your success number one is remember this your success will be found in your alone time and that always st- sticks with me to this day because it's what you do in your alone time whether it be listening to an audiobook or reading a book or you know studying new material in the financial planning world, it does make a difference. And the other thing is seat time. The amount of time that you have in the seat, and and what he was really referring to, is the amount of repetitions that you get in talking with people and sharing your message also makes a big difference in the level of success that you'll have. And those were two really great pieces of advice for me very early on in my career that still stick with me to this day. And even as I coach advisors at my office and, and, and sometimes around the country when the guys call me from different FMOs, I mean, these are the things that I share with them is what are you doing in your alone time to become successful? You know, what's it like when you're not at work? What are
0: you doing? Yeah, those are um, two great concepts to really have constantly playing in your mind as you're going about your, your day and your life. And as you talk about that, finding success in your alone time, you know, in addition to thinking about, you know, the ways that you can educate yourself, you know, through the books, through the through the reading, Um, there's also that chance in that alone time to actually stop and really think about what's important and be able to look at kind of a combination of what you do, you know, when you're in the office, you know, all day long and what you're doing at home and how those things pair up. So is is that a part of that alone time too? You know who does a really good job
1: for that for me is that's you. You're you're the one that really gets me to stop and think cuz you know me, I'm just, you know, shoot, you know, aim later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ready, uh, ready, so, ready, uh, aim, ready fire aim. Ready, ready fire <laughs> aim, right. So, you know, it it does. I mean, you know, I, I, I think the one thing I've tried to build a habit out of even is is just even journaling in the morning, where if if I can just take five minutes to get out some thoughts, it certainly does set my day up better. There's weeks that I'm better at it than others, as you know, anybody that's tried the journal probably knows. But you learn a lot about yourself and and you do start to get a lot more clarity if you do take that time to really think through. I definitely definitely think through those things better when I have a pencil and paper in front of me than if I'm just sitting there, just letting my mind drift. So yes, you learn a lot. And I, th- I think that you make a great point about that too, because that does make a big difference.
0: Yeah. Cause, cause I think that's the whole point of journaling or self-reflection is that you take those things that maybe you're learning because you listened to that great book or you read that great book, or you watched that YouTube you know video of some great speaker. And then you stop and say, okay, that was great. But, you know, what does this really mean to me? How can I use it to impact what I'm doing? So it's not in it, that maybe that even takes you back to what your dad said about actions speak louder than a word. So it's the it's the alone time gives you an opportunity to think about the actions that you could be taking that turn that that idea that you got into something that you put into play. Yeah, because, you know, when you do
1: journal, it does help you develop and, and kind of stay mindful of your habits and your habits really do drive your success. And I've always found that, you know, i if I'm on a streak of having really good habits, I tend to be a lot more successful when I'm on a streak of not having good habits. So it all ties in, but that journaling definitely keeps things top of mind and keeps you focused.
0: Right. Cause to, to perform at the level that you perform, it's really tough to do it. If you're just playing the same game over and over again, you know, we think about that sometimes in terms of success, you know, what it took to get you to where you are today is going to be very different than what you'll need to do to get to that next level of success. And unless you stop to figure out what that is, or at least attempt that different thing, you're going to try to do more doing the same thing. It's probably not going to work. Well, no,
1: I mean, once you start to acquire some success in your career, the strategies and techniques that you were using to get to where you are, are not the same strategies and techniques that you are going to use to get to the next phase. And you know, to me, that's really where I've always, uh, I've always been, you know, one to believe in in seeking out the help of other professionals because. Sometimes you can't get out of your own way. Sometimes you're 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 stuck in a way of thinking, and you need a fresh set of eyes to help you think differently about something and and keep yourself from spinning your wheels. I mean, I, I always say to Kate, you know, Rob Brown is my my best sounding board because Rob keeps me really from just making terrible mistakes. Or even if if it's not even a mistake, it's just don't get involved because it's just going to be a waste of time. And you know, so you really you know when you're when you're humble enough to realize that in some cases, depending on where people are in their careers, but I got to a point in my career where I knew that I was humble enough to say, you know, I've kind of taken this thing as far as I could on my own. And I really need like somebody walking beside me to help push this thing to the next level. Cause I just couldn't, I, I, I was just out of answers at that point. And so it, it, when you have that support, it makes a big difference in how your career progresses. And and really it makes a big difference in how much clarity you have about the future too, of where things things are going.
0: Right. And, I, and obviously, I really appreciate you saying that. But, you know, the the coach, the advisor is only as good as the student who's putting the ideas into action, as your um, as your dad suggested, because you just you have to you have to take action for something to really to really have to have effect. And
1: well, you know, I don't mean to cut you off, but that is 100 percent true, because I think there's a saying that says, you know, uh, the teacher will appear when the student is ready, something like that. And And it's very, very true because there's been many times in my life that, you know, I felt that I had it all figured out. And there was probably some really great mentors in my life that I probably didn't pay attention to enough because
0: I thought that I had the answers. But yeah, when the student is ready, the teacher does arrive. That's for sure. Yeah. And as the the listeners of the show know, I don't use it to kind of push what I do on anybody else, but you can't help but feel that that was maybe the best uh, commercial I could have have, have gotten. So, uh, So, um but but you are good at selling so i have to <laughs> i have to give you credit for that but well, you know one of the things that i think is is really fascinating yeah. in the work that i do with you and other advisors is when you have a system for getting better to to uh, to uh, helping somebody achieve another level of success uh, and you stick with it just like your clients sticking with their financial plans when the market goes crazy it works and the only time it doesn't work is when you don't actually do what you said you were going to do inside of the plan. And I think, again, thinking about taking action and having that alone time to really evaluate your actions and how genuine you were in putting things to work makes a huge difference. I,
1: and, you know, I also find that, you know, the more responsibility that I take in my life and the bigger problems that I try to solve, the richer my life becomes. You know, when I find, when I'm the happiest, it's when I'm striving to be better and I'm striving to solve bigger problems. And and those bigger problems are different for everybody. You know, they could be personal challenges, but they can also be professional challenges. But there's a lot of joy for all of us in life when you're taking on more responsibility and you're striving to do more. It it really is what drives the spirit and the soul in my opinion. I, I don't, you know, Some people, you know, for me, sitting around at home is not something that I can do for a very long time and feel fulfilled. It's really when I'm contributing. And I believe that financial planning is contributing. You're out there making a difference in the world. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that would never be able to retire if they didn't sit down with a planner that made sense to them about things. So, you know, taking on more responsibility, you know, for some people might be scary, but the reality is that's where you find the juice of life.
0: Yeah. And I think some of that also comes from that real strong sense of self-belief that you mm-hmm. have, I, mean, I, I love when a, a, a real pro like you stops and says, you know, my work is really important. And if it wasn't because of the work that I do or we do as financial advisors or planners or wealth advisors, or whatever you want to call them, a, a lot of people wouldn't have the success in retirement or with their other big goals that they have. And and that starts with you having your process of, but also you believing that that is really really critical to the world. Not and and not saying that in some egotistic way but in from a from a point of strength and truth yeah if you and you have to believe you're making a difference
1: um you, you know otherwise what are you exactly doing because you know you should be you should be focused on making a difference in people's lives and you know when you do that you know the success and the financial reward and all that stuff just follows you know and I always teach my advisors here at the office you know it doesn't matter whether somebody comes to the door and they have you know ten thousand dollars or ten million dollars the guy with ten thousand dollars has the same problem that the guy with million does. They're just at different financial levels, you know? And I mean that. I mean, the guy at $10 million is worried about running out of money, just like the guy with $10,000. (laughs) you know I remember I remember uh, you know one of my other mentors told me he said Brian don't ever mistake people's you know people's problems are the same they just they're just happening at different levels he said he got a call one time from a friend and he said I need you to talk to a good buddy of mine he says he's worth about a hundred million dollars you need to call him he's going to be on the beach when you call him and when you do you know he he wants to talk to you because he's very concerned and and of course the guy proceeded keep in mind he's got a hundred million dollars he's concerned about running out of money but you know, his wife's got a million dollar a month spending habit. So. <laughs> put that in perspective, you can see, you can see why he's concerned. But, you know, at the end of the day, the the point of me telling you this is that, you know, the advisors at my office, the one thing I always tell them is, you know, help everybody that you can, even if there's not something there, meaning there's no, you know, there's, there's nothing you can do for that person. And you know, that, you know, time's going to go on and, and there's no money that you can move or anything. Give them a piece of ice that can make a big difference and know that you contributed to, to the community that way. Um, And that's where you feel value in what you do is, is, is knowing that those little things could mean a big difference, and that, and I'll tell you, when we do that at the office, we find that those people that we weren't actually able to help, but we helped because we gave them a piece of advice about how to title something properly, or maybe something that they should consider at the bank, or something along those lines, we'll get a referral from that person, you know. And we, and they're not even a client, you know. I, I just this week alone, I got two referrals from a guy that's not even a client because I was able to help him out by solving his pension problem, and his better decision was to keep his pension money in a employer and not take the lump sum and he was ready to take the lump sum and it would have been a terrible idea so you know and and that led to two referrals but again that's just making as much of a difference in people's lives as you can without worrying about the financial reward are you ready to discover your true purpose live with impact and build an ever greater legacy then you need to make time for what truly matters most Go
0: to slash challenge to begin the free truest fan seven day quick start. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you, you, there's a lot packed into what you just said. You know, obviously, it is, you know, being a truest fan is being a truest fan of. Everybody, Right. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to be everybody's best friend or everybody that wants to do business can do business with you because you might not be a good fit for them, but you can stop and take the time to say, hey, based on what you said, this is what you do. I can't help you do this, but I want to make sure that at least you know what the next steps are. or This is the next person that you should meet. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's, that's at the heart of, of just really taking care of people and not, not looking down. Or or away from them, but also in thinking about that, you know, I talk with advisors all the time about who is your ideal client, and in the. Odds are, most of the time when I ask that question, somebody will say, you know, well, I, I really have heard that's a good idea, I like to, to to name what an ideal client is, but I haven't quite done that yet. Or I don't want to do that because, you know, I built my business on small clients and I don't never want to turn my back on them. And it really is important to me for them at that time to recognize that we can't help everybody completely, but we can still be true to who we are by offering the level of assistance that we should. And then if the person needs to go in a different direction, help them, help them get there. That's like taking care of other people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because when I think about my ideal client, I think about my mom and dad, you know, those are the types of people that I love to help. You know, I wish my mom and dad had good advice as I was growing up. You know, my dad, I can remember, was dealing with some stockbroker out of New York City, and my dad was buying Snapple stock, and he was really angry a lot of times that he lost so much money. (laughs) But, you know, he didn't realize that he was really just gambling by buying these individual stocks, and he really wasn't putting together a plan or a strategy that was going to help him. You know, retire. Um, So I think everybody, you know, there's guys out there that like to say their ideal client is someone with a million dollars or more. There's not many advisors out there. And we write a lot of business here at Secure Money Advisors, but our ideal client is very diverse. Really, what I always say and what, you know, my my advisors and I agree upon is our ideal client is really those that are ready. It doesn't have to do with asset size, it's those that are ready and willing to be humble enough to take advice and they're looking for advice. Those are the types of people that we love working with. The guy that's coming in to kick the tires just to see what you've got. That's not our ideal client and we'll end that meeting in 10 minutes, you know, politely we'll end it, but we're not going to waste our time trying to chase that around. And and quite frankly when you do that, and I know this is hard for some people to do, but when you're honest that way, it actually winds up making that person step forward to you. And and now they're very curious of why you're actually declining them, but you're declining them because they're just not humble enough or ready enough to take advice.
0: Right. And that's, and again, that's just part of that process of running a disciplined business as you, right. the worst thing you can do when it comes to thinking about who that ideal relationship is, is to take people out of the gate that you know aren't a good fit, that there's something about them and you that just aren't going to work well together. And invariably that can just create a disastrous uh, relationship. So it's really good to think that through.
1: Yeah. We've all, we've all taken on clients over our careers that we should have never taken. And, you know, those are, those are nice days when, we can walk away from those, you know, but you got to learn from them, you know, and I'm very particular, you know, some of my younger advisors still probably take some people that they shouldn't and they learn very quickly that it becomes a thorn in their side, you know, and I like to kindly and jokingly enough tell them I told you so. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, they got to learn for themselves a little bit but but yeah you know if you really stick to the criteria that that the person should be humble enough and and ready for advice you you'll you'll know when you meet that person you know they that's right. a very easy person to spot
0: and maybe more importantly you'll know when you have met someone who's not that way that's right cuz cuz they're, cause they're, they're Probably more people who are ready and are willing to kind of bridge that humility or that acceptance gap of needing help that they can't do it on their own much longer. So let's uh, let's change gears. One of my favorite lessons from the Truest Fan was the idea that smiles and kind words go a long way. That we're all called to help other people. Just just be happy and pick them up and and lift them up. And what, what are some things that you do like with your team or with your clients or your family that you just you just make sure that they know that you're you're rooting for them you want to help them smile you know I
1: I, I really do take a lot of time out of my day to verbally, share my appreciation with my team. And I do it one-on-one a lot. You know, I'll pull a team member in to my office and just say, you know, I I want you to know that, you know, I've noticed how hard you've been working lately and I want you to know how much we appreciate having you on the team and how valuable you are to the team and just know that you're like family to us and if there's anything I can do or if you're having any challenges, just know that my door is open. And I I do that a lot. And it comes very natural for me. It does it because I'm just very honest. I wear my emotions on my sleeve and I enjoy letting people know um, when they're cared about and when they're doing a good job. Um, and I do it with my family too. You know, it's um, Kate, when her and I got together, uh, it was very awkward for her because, you know, she wasn't used to somebody sharing like that so much. But now she does it back to me. And what I learned from that is, when you give, you get, right? I mean, I, I, and, and that, right. I, that Absolutely. wasn't by design. That wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing it, um, you know, to get from Cape, but the way the universe works and God works is that, you know, when you give, you get, it's a natural law. It's impossible for you not to receive when you give.
0: Yeah. I think that's uh, a, it's a really good point. You know, when I was first, um, got into managing an office, I, um, Was trying to decide, you know, what was the best way for me to really work with these people who, in many cases, were a lot older than I was and thought they knew a lot more than I did about building a successful business and I adopted the management by walking around philosophy which which was not my own I'm sure I read a book about that somewhere but that 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 is really what I hear you saying that you're doing is management by walking around and maybe you don't think yeah. about it as management maybe it's, you're thinking of it as coaching or encouraging but that that walking around and being willing to say nice things to people that you work with to be Conscious about that with your family. I've seen you interact with other people that we've met through the the Coaching Alliance that I have. I've seen you in restaurants. You're always looking for something about somebody that impresses you or has just touched you in some way, and letting them know that they touched you. And that's I think that's a really good lesson to learn when you think about smiles and kind words go a long way. And not again, not because you're you're doing it to get something, but you do, and you get way more back than you could ever possibly, possibly give.
1: Yeah. And you know, not everybody's wired that way, but if you're not wired that way and you are running an office, it's, it's really important to, you know, take time out of your day to walk into somebody's office and just ask them how they're doing, how they've been. You know, yeah. let them know, right. It means a lot to people. And I have found that when you share with people, you know, how proud you are that they're here and part of your team and you show that appreciation and, and, and you also treat them great throughout the course of the week, whether that be that, you know, like my entire team goes home half day, every single Friday. Um, they know we work hard Monday through Thursday and everybody's excited because who doesn't like a half day on Friday? It extends the weekend a little bit, but you know, every right. single one of my team members will give me 150% effort. My. Sunday through Thursday whatever it takes and and that's just that that's a culture that you have to build that You know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, just like a toxic disease could spread through an office, you know, or a cancer can spread. When you build a culture around caring like that, it spreads just like that. And everybody starts to be that way. And you really do get a, 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 really special culture being built. And I'll tell you that culture is something that becomes a competitive edge in the marketplace because, you know, every financial advisor that we all can relatively do the same thing. But when people come to your office, the one thing you can absolutely separate yourself from it. Every other firm out there is the
0: culture, the prospect, or the client feels when they walk through the door. Right, that gratitude and appreciation they have for the place that they are, the opportunities that they have because of what they're doing, spills over to the to that person who's meeting. You know, even if it's whether it's the person you know at the at the front desk or it's um, somebody that. Is interacting with them to help get some paperwork filled out. It doesn't matter. There's there's pride that um, this spills over. And I think the other thing that spills over is when you treat people that way and is in it's sincere. They go above and beyond. They don't just mm. do what they have to do. They're yes, they love getting out of there or start their weekends early on Friday, and that's a nice perk. But again, it's kind of getting paid back through the week for doing that. They go the extra mile to make the client happier, to get the job done or to, to pitch in a meeting. Maybe they weren't supposed to be in, but they had called into and, in, um, you know, kind of on the spot. Yeah. So we're kind of running that towards the end of our time. So one of the things I do like to um, ask all my guests is, um, you know, are you accepting new clients because mm-hmm. uh, some advisors aren't, or don't make it as obvious, um, as they should, that they are. And two, if you, if they are, what's a great way to get to learn more about you and kind of how you do things. so if you're in in the Pittsburgh area and you're looking for a financial advisor you know what, what could somebody do well one um, you can get a copy of my book and you can go to
1: righttrackyourretirement.com and you can get a copy of my book there you can also and that's really the easiest way because that's you know people if you get my book you can really understand our philosophy and you know and the way we kind of manage things around here and and how we approach the whole retirement strategy so that's always the best way to do it. And, and www.securemoneyadvisors.com, you can go there. And of course, I host you know, the radio show On the Money with Secure Money in Pittsburgh. And I also host the TV show On the Money with Secure Money. And those are all on our website. They're actually archived so people can watch the TV show there. They can listen to the radio show. But those are the best ways to get in touch with us.
0: Yeah, great. And I'll make sure that I put that in the show notes because I think I think you're right. You know, If you're just new to Brian, he just gave you a lot of great ways to get to know him in addition to what you learned during our conversation today, um, so let's uh, let's close it out. You know, we talked about the advice your your dad gave you about action speak uh, louder and words. The the um, the advice that you got from a, a mentor who said uh, success is found in the alone time. Those are great gems, and I think just through conversation, you shared the importance of of just genuinely giving to people and, and, and acknowledging how important they are and appreciating it. So that's, <laughs> that's a lot of great wisdom in 30 minutes, but you know, is there anything like, as we close the show that you'd add that as you think about somebody, you know, really looking to be, you know, a better version of themselves, be more authentic that, that they might do to, to kind of take some action from, from this conversation. Yeah. I
1: would say take inventory and find out where you're incompetent. And, you know, another good mentor of mine told me, Brian, you know, sometimes you don't know how bad you are until you know how bad you are. And what he meant was really he was saying, you know, at first we are what we would consider an unconscious incompetent. You don't even know you're incompetent. And then your goal is to get to a conscious incompetent where you you now have figured out that you're incompetent in a certain area. But then the goal is to get to a conscious competent. And and now you're consciously aware that you're competent. And then the ultimate goal of mastery is to get to an unconscious competent where you're just every day doing the right things all the time and you're not even thinking about it. And we should all strive to be that unconscious competent. And and in order to do that, you really have to take inventory of the things that you have to become more competent in and strive to work towards those and find ways to become better in there because becoming the best version of yourself, there's nothing more rewarding uh, than that. And the other thing I would share with the listeners is this, remember that successful people, especially when you're in in, in the financial planning world, successful people learn to say the same thing to a lot of people unsuccessful say the same thing to a lot of different people so the more you share your message over and over and over and over again and you don't deviate from your message the more successful your practice will become
0: yeah I, again two uh, two additional great uh, great pieces of advice and you know that you know as you strive to become the best version of yourself you know, that's that's something that you will never achieve you will never be the best version of yourself right. because <laughs> as soon as you get to some level of best yeah. you're like no oh, there's, there's more that I could do. There's a different way that I could do it, but, but stopping, stopping and inventorying where you inventory, is that a word? Yeah, yeah. Inventorying where you are yeah. is really, really critical mm-hmm. because, and then, and as you do that, oftentimes in that, when I think of that word, what are you not competent in? I think about, you know, that area for improvement, that challenge, you know, or that, um, yeah, that challenge that you want to overcome. And so you, maybe you stop to Realize what the challenge is, um, and you tell yourself you're going to work on it, but you don't. Mm-hmm. And if you do the inventory and you don't do the work, if you don't put in the reps, as you said early, if you don't take the actions, it's not it's not going to work. And that's also that whole idea of repeating your message. You know, it's fascinating to me sometimes when I talk to an advisor and ask them, you know, if if I were a prospect who came into your office and we were going to start working together, what would what would the process look like? And they go, well, it depends. (laughs) <laughs> <It's> like, okay, <laughs> what does it depend on? Everybody's different, so the process is always different. No. That's one thing that I know about you yeah. and your process is to get to know people really well. You take them through the same, the same process. process. That's a great competence to have. That's right.
1: That's right. That's a great way to tie that together. It absolutely is. It makes a world of a difference when that message stays
0: very consistent. Yeah. Well, I um, I appreciate the message that you deliver. The uh, opportunity to work with you and your coming on um, the podcast and sharing. Uh, these great ideas. So with that, we will call, we'll wrap the show. I think that's how they say it in uh, the TV world. Uh, you would know better than uh, than me. And uh, I'll thank you, Brian, for, uh, for being with Thank me. you, Rob. Thank you. We had a great time. Thank you very much. I appreciate you very much.